Yo, how's everybody doing out there, my Christian family, my brothers and my sisters? I can't sing, but hey, you know, sometimes I try. I do my best. And I could get I could get jiggy with it if I really have to. Well, guys, I have a very special podcast for you guys today because I brought in a very special guest. My guest today is Michael Krusich. Michael Krusich is the marketing director at his church. Michael, what's the name of your church again? Uh, it's uh, the Upland Lighthouse Upland, in Ontario. <laughs> Upland Lighthouse in Ontario. There it is, guys. So, Michael, tell us a little bit about yourself. What exactly got you into the marketing uh, department, per se, uh, within your church? Well, I found uh, a big need in outreach. Uh, a lot of churches, uh, they don't really know how to attract, uh, you know, visitors, new church members, things like that. Um, they're really kind of operating. If I, if, to to say it plainly, they're operating like, uh, you know, they're they're in the 1950s. Ah. Um, they haven't really got with the times, mm-hmm. and you know, mo- for example, most churches they don't have a website. Um, a lot of churches, if they do have a website, super outdated, things like that. And so it's because I found the, 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 the big need in it, um, kind of got into it and just really enjoyed it. So, yeah, that's great, man. Um, I know right before we started this podcast, I was talking to you a little bit about, um, some of the roles that you have played in your church. Now I know in your church, Mm -hmm. as of now, you are the marketing director, but I know before that you did a little bit of outreach with the youth, didn't you? Yeah. Yep. For a time. Mm -hmm. So today, you know, there's a lot of topics out there that, you know, our youth uh, haven't heard. There's some that they have. But what are some of the things in in your experience? What are some of the things that the youth struggle with the most? I would say the youth struggle with, um, for the most part, just a broad spectrum. It would be. Just world, just the world, the world, just huh? the world, and keeping the world out of uh, out of their lives and and not letting the world influence them. Yeah, I think that's a big one. I think I think um, the world has a way of, of of drawing these kids in. So, I guess that would probably bring bring you back to marketing, right? Uh, how to bring some of these kids or these youth or or, or even you know members into your church. What are some of the what are some of the tools or what are the, some of the things that you've utilized to be able to either bring youth to your church, uh, bring you know young adults like us to the church, or even some of the older crowd? Like, what are the, some of the things that you've utilized to uh, you know take on more souls? Um, and I know I know everybody listening is probably looking for like something super super like revolutionary something they've never heard before but you know what it's actually something that's like super simple that really anybody can do it's so simple even a pastor could do it <laughs> right right okay um, a lot of pastors are not really tech savvy um and what it is is the number one thing was uh reviews 
reviews. Getting reviews uh, for my church was, I mean, it's been just huge, huge. Um, just going around to the different church members and asking them to, to review the church on Facebook, Yelp, and Google. Yeah. And by doing that, um, it's crazy. We actually had after, I think we got like 10 or 11 reviews. I mean, that's, it took like no time, yeah. you know, to go around and get, get 11 reviews. Get some reviews. It was, it, was, it, was, it was super simple, easy, right? And we had, what was it? It was seven youth. We had seven youth come. Wow. Uh, that saw our website. Yeah. And uh, they, they came to one of our youth events. And one, one, one service. Praise the Lord, man. And that was like the first fruits. You know, wow, yeah. and uh, that week in total, we had 13 people visit our church, whether it be, you know, a youth service like that, just a seven, seven day period, uh, 13 people. Oh, my God. And that was like right at the beginning. So it's Praise <laughs> the Lord, yeah. just just from just from it, 11 reviews. Yeah. See, that, that, that's that's uh, one of the things that, you know, um, I was speaking about with a couple of people that, you know, we, we go back and forth at my job and I was talking about the use of technology inside the church, right? So we're in the church setting. Uh, we want the best cameras. We want the best audio equipment. We want the best keyboard. We want the best microphone for the singers. Yep. Yep. We want to give the church uh, the right tools, but then sometimes the pastors that are, that, are, that are buying these tools for the members forget about the actual church. Yeah. Right? So... Yeah. We got all these nice and beautiful tools for, for the members to use, but how are we going to market the church, right, to allow the church to also uh, be looked at in that same way where, like you said, youth can go on their phone, uh, which I think a lot of people do now. They, they look for reviews on churches. Which one is mm -hmm. the best? Which one is most suited for me? Uh, what What is it that I'm looking for in a church? And I think being able to put yourself out there I think that's key because I think the Bible says, you know, uh, a lamp, a lampstand, a lamp, you don't put it under your bed. You you put a lamp out where it can give light to everybody. Mm -hmm. So I feel that some of these churches, sometimes they're putting themselves under the bed yeah. where no Absolutely. one's, where no one sees them, but we're supposed to be the light of the world. That's, that's a great way of putting it because I mean, really the internet is... I mean, there's yellow pages, the 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 phone book. I mean, they they, they don't they don't print that uh, phone book anymore, to my knowledge. Um, I mean, all these all these old school like directories stuff like that. I mean, it's gone. Yeah. And now it's it's all about Google. It's all about being right. online. And I think you you hit the nail on the head when you were talking about having the best sound equipment. Having, you know, I know a church that has like a three thousand uh, dollar keyboard. Wow. Yeah. And their website looks like it was built in like 1992. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, how does that make sense? You know, and, and just, and I think it's just, it's not a matter of, you know, them purposefully doing that. I think it's a matter of just not knowing and not right. being, you know, open to new things and uh, technology moving and things like that. So right. definitely the churches that, you know, take advantage of it. Like right now, right now is the gold rush. Right. And the churches that take advantage of even the biz businesses in any sector that take advantage of it at the beginning, I mean, you're going to be so far ahead, you know, of, of, of the other businesses, the other churches, yeah. uh, like in your area, in your same niche. Yeah. I mean, 
Good luck catching up. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I have a big feeling that a lot of pastors, they shy away from this, these type of things because they feel that it's, it's a marketing tool, right? Like we're not trying to sell you a car. We're trying to sell you God, right? And, and not even trying to sell you God, but we're presenting you something holy as opposed to something materialistic. And I think a lot of pastors have the view of this being something more materialistic than spiritual. But I think that within the churches, uh, especially some of these older churches that operate on these old values, I think they should and need to open up because you got these new revolutionary churches that are taking over, man. And mm-hmm. a lot of these churches yeah. are not even preaching the truth. Right. But they're taking over because they're there, because they're being the light, because they're marketable. Because they're starting to tell, you know, friends and their friends are telling their friends, friends. And, you know, it, it's sad because in a way, a lot of these kids are being misled. Right. These adults, these, these young adults, were they're being misled. They're not being preached the truth. But because some of these older churches that have the truth but don't have the marketing mm-hmm. are being left behind. Mm-hmm. So we're burying the truth. And here is an uprising of of this new like trending Christianity like, like how do you feel about Christianity that's trending you know I mean I haven't heard of the, the this this defin- definition like everywhere but I'm starting to think about it like this it's like it's trending it's gonna be cool pretty soon to be a Christian like how do you feel about that and 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 what like is marketing confusing people is marketing how should we market the church (laughs) that's i mean that's a really deep question i mean that's a really good question uh shoot i mean it's one of those that you can't cross that line of you know being too too marketable right in a sense of you know if you cross that line of uh worldliness and and things like that well guess what yeah you're gonna attract more people yeah, you're gonna get more out there. You can get on, you know, uh, the the top Instagram trending uh, hashtag, whatever right, you want right. to call it. Yeah. But guess what? I mean, you're not really a church at that point. You're just like a club. I get it. Right. And so it's it's, it's interesting. It takes the right type of uh, know-how, talent, and creativeness. Yeah. To do it in a way where you're not crossing that line, but yet you're still um, being effective. I think that it's just way too easy to take, go on that point of no return. Yeah. And it just, it's sad because it, it takes no creativity to, to kind of, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know if, I don't want to, uh, you know, use that example we were talking about before. No, go but, ahead. Go ahead. By all means, if, you know, if we need to edit it out, we'll edit it out at that point. Okay. If you feel comfortable <laughs> over it, about it. Yeah. For example, um, Heard recently of a pastor that uh, like took a shot, right? You know, okay. with with uh, with a celebrity and Justin Bieber. Ju- oh, yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> I guess we'll say it, Justin yeah, Bieber. Yeah, let's just go ahead and say it. Yeah, and how, how how does a okay how does a a traditional um, uh, old school let's say old school church feel about something like that about a pastor um, here hanging out with 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 an influential person of the world, of the secular world, having a drink with with a pastor of a church. 
How do you feel about that? Well, I don't think that there's anything wrong with, um, you know, being a friend of sinners. Um, I, I see, read all about it in the Bible. I mean, I think it's, you know, definitely something that's, that's needed, you know, because people want to be loved and they want to feel like uh, they belong to something and that the church can fill that big void. Um, but I think that, n not that him taking a shot was like a sin. I wouldn't say that. Um, but I will say that it's just, it's the type of image that is put out there that is gonna attract the wrong type of people. Because there's a lot of people that have been hurt by churches, and, and you know what, rightfully so a lot of times. And they're gonna see that as, oh, well this is a church where I don't have to change you know, I don't, I don't have to, you know, I can, I can live the same way. And I, this is, this is a church where it's, it's going to be all right. And it's just going to be attracting the wrong type of people. And the church's goal, the church's uh, job is to transform people's lives. Right. And because God loves us so much that he doesn't want to leave us the way that we came in. Yeah. You know, he wants us to, because yeah. uh, sin is dangerous. Uh, sin leads to death, you know. Right. The um, wages of sin is death. Exactly. So so do you think that, so this is kind of my, my thought process, right? As we were talking about earlier and we discussed earlier about how, you know, basically Paul told Timothy to stop drinking water, but to every now and then engage into wine, right? Now we know that, like, like we were discussing, you know, wine probably had very low alcohol properties back in the day. But, you know, at the same time, Timothy was called or maybe advised to have a little bit of wine here and there. We know that Jesus made wine in the in the weddings of, of Canaan. Um, but, you know, a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, people try to speculate and say, well, there was no alcohol in the wine that Jesus made. At the same time, I don't like to speculate. And the Bible doesn't say if there was or if there wasn't wine or I'm sorry, alcohol content inside of that wine. So should we be preaching drunkenness? I mean, isn't wouldn't the key word be? Yeah, you don't get drunk as opposed right. to you can't right. have a drink. Mm -hmm. Right. So but at the same time, I, I understand that your image your a lot of people don't know if you only had one yeah a lot of people That's don't true. know if you had two yeah but you know people will see the worst and they'll think this guy is just getting hammered yeah with justin beaver yeah. is it fair to judge him i guess that's that's my question is it no, absolutely not no it's not fair to judge him um i just think as a pastor you know as a leader and what he's trying to accomplish uh with his church and you know the movement that he's trying to have, um, I think it just kind of tarnishes it just because, like you said, people are gonna see it as, well, man, he's getting drunk now, you know, and it's it is it's just gonna put the wrong kind of image on a pastor, a leader of a church. Um, there's just it goes back to creativity. Um, I can't say that it was a sin again. Um, I can't say that it was it was wrong. All I'm saying is there's that was the easy road to become viral. I see what it, you mean. He, he, there's different ways that he could have done about it to get the same result that was more creative. Ah, creativity. In, in marketing, yeah. Right. Absolutely. So maybe he was 
not only was he lacking creativity, but maybe he was even lacking prayer. Because I believe that creativity is given to us by the Lord himself. Mm-hmm. And creativity is, again, something that a lot of churches don't have right now. A lot of churches are lacking creativity. Just earlier um, in the week, I posted a very controversial passage or uh, statement on <laughs> social media. And the statement was, the problem with the church isn't the church, it's the people. When you don't have people following you, then you're not a leader. When you don't have enough people living like Christians, then you don't have enough influential Christians that are worth following. So what I was trying to say here is is we, we're, we're lacking leadership that is influential. Mm-hmm. We're lacking leadership with creativity. Yep. Because I look at YouTubers, some of the top YouTubers, they got 56 million followers. I'm looking at, uh, you know, people on Instagram that have, you know, 200,000 followers, 300,000 followers, all these followers. Jesus had multitudes of followers in those times. Multitudes, crowds were lining up. The, uh, uh, Paul, uh, sorry, John the Baptist had a multitude of followers. They, they were, they were actually called Baptist, right? From John the Baptist. They were followers of John the Baptist. So, is it that some of our leaders within the church are also lacking creativity? Yeah. I think that's the number one thing. That's the number one thing is just lacking lacking the creativity. Um, just being so so stagnant on, you know, oh, well, this is what worked, you know, in the past. Jesus didn't have the internet. Right. So why should we? And it's like, well, that's just absolutely ignorant because that's just an extra tool that's available and the way I look at it is the devil has the internet the devil the devil's able to use the internet to uh, you know put out his agenda and right. influence people right. if we don't that's like just our, our enemy uh, co- coming to a coming to a, a gunfight you know and we and we bring what, a knife what's that what's that what's that saying don't bring a knife to a gunfight exactly Right. So the church is bringing a knife to a gunfight, and ah, we're getting blasted. I got it. I got it. You know what? That's a really great analogy because, you know, there was another thing that I was thinking about, and it was this. I said, okay, to be influential, we, especially to win over the youth, we have to somewhat be like them. They, they I think youth, they can't relate to somebody who's just, like you said, stagnant. Someone who's almost like old. Like, yeah. you don't want to hang around with your dad if no. you're 17. You don't want to hang around with your mom if you're 17. You don't You don't even want to hang around with that older, older brother that's already like a family guy, right? No. Yep. So in order for us to actually save some of these youth, how can we become influential to them? How can we become cool? How can we become um, the role model in a way, you know? I think we have to think about it on that level. How can we become a role model influential enough for people to follow us, for youth to say, I'm going to go to that church and I want to be in that class because Michael Krusich is going to make that class awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's like you were saying, you know, looking at the YouTubers, I mean... All these people that you can think of, like if you think of the most influential people in history, 
guess what? Guys like Ty Lopez, for example, I mean, this guy can reach more people. I mean, just a thousand times more people than Aristotle. I mean, all, all these, you know, super famous, uh, influential people in history. One YouTuber can influence just a thousand times more people. Wow. Just think about that. Yeah. And I think if we use the same tactics they're using, again, it doesn't have to be the worldliness type of stuff. Taking that out of it, boiling it down, it's all about inspiring people. We just gotta be able to ins creatively, create, creatively inspire people uh, to be different, yeah. inspire people to think outside the box, and to believe that they don't have to uh, be the way that their friends are. There's an out, there's a different way. Yeah. And because to them, they don't know of a, a way to be cool. They think they think that uh, being Christian is all about just uh, sitting in a church and going, mm, um. they don't know that you can actually be cool and still be Christian right. <laughs> without, you know, the drinking and all that stuff. Right. So, so, you know, when I became a Christian, a lot of people were like, and I've heard, I heard it from the outside world. They were like, Christianity is boring, man. You're not going to be able to do nothing. I became a Christian. I stopped doing drugs and I was still able to do everything. I mean, I was going up to the mountains. I was going out fishing. I was playing sports. I was going to Starbucks. I was eating Taco Bell. Like, I don't remember being banned from any of these places because I was a Christian. I think a lot of times it's in our minds too. And you know what? We, we think like, oh, you know, a Christian can't do anything. So what can we tell the youth that are listening that are potentially thinking, Christianity's boring because I have to sit in a room and hum all day and, <laughs> and, and, you know, get in touch with my inner chi or some craziness like that. I mean, why, why is it that the youth feel this way about the church? Is it still the antique methods that some churches go about or, or, or is it that some churches, they're just not modern enough. They don't touch on modern subjects. I mean, what do you think, being that you're the marketing director at Inland Lighthouse, Upland Lighthouse, Upland Lighthouse in Ontario? You know, it's all about getting the message out there um, in a way that young people are going to consume it. You know, young people are only going to consume information in a certain way. Uh, they're not going to consume it with a blog post. You know, it's going to be video. It's going to be, uh, you know, get a website that's decent. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to spend a thousand dollars on it. There's ways you can make a template website, things like that for very cheap. And just by doing that, you're going to set your church apart from all the rest in the area. I mean, it's just going to blow it out of the water. Like when I moved, I'll give you an example. When I moved to Southern California and I was looking for a church to go to, um, I just typed in, you know, uh, churches in Southern California. And you know what blew my mind? There was only one church in my area that even had a website the the, wow. the type of church that I that I enjoy going yeah. to that I'm used to yeah only only one of them and it oh wasn't even that God. nice of a, of a website to be honest with you and it's the church I'm going to now wow all they did was all the and I was I kind of had the mindset like dang if these churches don't even have a website like Dude, I'm not even gonna like waste my time to even like show up. I didn't even go there to visit. Yeah. Like that's 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 how important it is. Yeah, I think in this <laughs> I think in this technological world that we're living in, 
there's more and more people relying on the technology, on the search surgeons, on Yelp, on on um, on Google, on Yahoo, on all of these search surgeons. They're relying more on the search surgeons to guide them to the right place. And if we're not one of the front runners mm -hmm. there, then some crazy church is going to pop up that's going to exactly. mislead them. It's going to guide them in a whole different direction because... One thing that I'm a firm believer in too is I don't want to compromise the truth with um, entertainment, mm -hmm. right? So I also don't believe in a church that needs to entertain people so that can, so people can stay. But I think there should be a fine balance of of marketing, of uh, of fun, mm -hmm. of of um, this type of interaction that's going to draw youth in where they're not going to feel so like alienated from right, the world right, right. because the Bible says that we need to adopt not adapt right, right, right. so or I'm sorry uh, 100%. We, need to, we need to ad adapt not adopt I said that the wrong way yeah yeah so we need to adapt not adopt so we're in the world we have to adapt to the things around us obviously we have to adapt to the trends we can't go to school in high waters and bell bottoms and bottle cap glasses because that doesn't exist anymore. That is just, it's outdated. We're not going to dress like that, you know? So where do we draw the line of compromising with the world? And should we be pushing the line further with things that are honestly not that bad? Like clothing, like, like, um, how can I tell you? Like, uh. I don't know. There's a lot of churches like TV, like watching movies. Like, where do you think that we should draw the line? And where do you think we should push the envelope a little bit to win some souls? Because in the end, the, the goal is to get them there. Right? right. Once we got them there, then we can preach to them the truth. Mm -hmm. But where do we compromise that in marketing to draw them in to the church? Just utilizing uh, YouTube, um, utilizing uh, Facebook marketing, um, you know, different channels like that. Um, getting your church out there. Uh, for example, what we started doing at my church is uh, we, we record the pastor like making an announcement. Before, we would have different leaders like stand up and, you know, make a shout out and make an announcement. And the someone told me recently that they just cringe every time that happens and my mindset was well shoot why don't we film the pastor making an announcement put it on social media and encourage everybody at church to press the share button and press the like button mm. every we can train everybody to, to hit like and press share at church okay and it's going to pop up on the screen to people that might not come anymore. It's going to pop up on the screen of people that uh, uh, they might not come as much as they, they should. You know, things right. like that. Someone that might be struggling, boom. It's one extra um, point of conviction. Right. Right. I see. And just by doing those little things, it's not about doing the one thing that's like, wow, this is just. It's more about doing the little itty bitty things and doing a lot of little things that accumulate. together makes a huge impact. I see, I see what you mean. So, so if for per se, if everybody's hitting like, if everybody's hitting share, 
I mean, that's also boosting your ratings, right? So when people, or even reviews, when people go up to the website and they finally research a church, I mean, if you got every member in your church leaving a review, then you're at the top of that list at times. Yep. Especially if you're getting four stars, five stars. Mm -hmm. I mean, is that a pretty good strategic plan to getting your the search surgeon to kind of pop you up ahead of everybody else? Yeah, there's, I think I read a report, there's like over a hundred different um, things that Google looks for to um, you know decide what rank they're gonna give somebody, a website. But you know, doing a lot of little things like that, it just increases the traffic and yeah. it just all comes in together with each other. Um, the main thing that we did, like I said, was the reviews. Uh, and that's the only thing that I worked on, okay, with, uh, with uh, online marketing for the church. The only thing, and we went from page nine to page three within wow. a couple months. Yeah. And now we're actually uh, number one on the map pack in Google. Nice. So, and that's what really matters. That's what gets, gets the traffic. When, yeah. you, when you Google something locally, uh, let's say you type in a uh, coffee shop, you're not gonna keep on, because the map pack is what comes up first, and it comes up with, uh, you know, like a, a picture of the business. Right. Um, the, the first three, you know, yeah. in the pack. And then the rest, you just have to keep on scrolling, scrolling, but without pictures, without the colors, everyone's looking at the map pack, the first yeah. three. So that's that's what I do. That. Um, when I go look for restaurants, I, I look at the ones on the right, and those first three, I, sometimes I even hit the one in the middle, right? Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. the one in the top, the one yeah. in the middle. But like you said, with no pictures and not knowing. And and, 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 and you know what? I can even, I can even uh, make this example that when I go to Amazon, and somebody's selling something, but there's no picture, or, or eBay, and there's no picture, mm -hmm. there's no way I'm buying it, because I don't know Absolutely. what condition it's in, right? Because we're so visual. Mm -hmm. We're so visual, like you said, colors, right? I think visual for, for, for humans plays like a huge role in, in what we decide to eat, how we decide to, what we decide to go uh, watch, you know, or where we decide to go right. most of the time. I think that's probably one of the main attractions for Disneyland. Oh yeah. Is that yeah. it's just so colorful. It's just so happy, like yeah. happy, but but happy is connected through the eyes because they're not doing anything that's making you feel something. The eyes are what's making you feel something, right? And really that's all they know. You know, when they look up a church on Google, all they know is what they see. And so my church shows them happiness. We're not gonna, uh, you're not gonna come in and just hmm, hmm, and be bored to death, right. you know, for, for two hours. Right. Um, they, they see a picture of our church, it's, it's a decent looking church, it's not like all beat up and broke down. And then there's a nice graphic, like a, a nice logo, and you know, you can just tell that we have someone that knows what they're doing and, and edits it. Right. Just by doing that, a step it's just, I mean, it, I mean, I, I, this is I'm I'm being super uh, biased yeah. because I go to that church, right? But I'm it just blows blows the rest out of the water because the rest in our in my area in my city they're not doing that. Wow! So you so your church <laughs> your church man, it sounds like they're really lucky to have somebody with creativity, right? So we're going back to creativity here, which mm -hmm. which I love the way that this is going because it brings us back to the start, which is creativity and not having enough leaders with the drive 
to be creative or we don't have enough leaders with the initiative to, to say, hey, pastor, that's old school. That's yeah. ancient. Yep. Let's get away from that. Mm -hmm. Let's do this. But what do you say to those pastors? And I'm not even saying, what do you say to those pastors? But what happens when a pastor just doesn't want to heed the advice? I mean, there's so many pastors that they're, they're, they're given some of these great ideas and they're always like, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. You know, I see that a lot of their churches, they, they get left behind. They're that church on the corner that has every member is like over 50. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but where, why, why are we securing the youth? The youth is what we, when a gang, when a gang comes into an area, they try to immediately recruit all of the younger kids in the area because they're trying to secure the future mm. of the gang, right? A church needs to be doing the same. It's weird that we can learn from gang members, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Hitler we need, did the same thing. Yeah, we need to secure the future. But why aren't we securing the future? Why are we okay with having the old members and not the young members? I just think that the pastors just don't know about it yet. They just don't know how simple it is. And really, you would think that getting 13 people to visit the church in one week you would think with and i didn't have to knock on doors how many doors would we have to knock on to get 13 visitors i know we've done a lot of door knocking at my church and i mean i'm gonna be honest it's not the most effective way it's not the most effective way we'll knock on doors for weeks and weeks and weeks and then we'll get one or two people and if, to get 13 people without really putting any effort into it just the matter of being creative and going outside the box and looking towards new ideas. They just don't know what's available. Um, and I think that it really takes the young people to want to stand up and present it to the pastors in a way that they can understand it very simply and they can know, okay, I'm not going to be the one that has to build the website. I'm not going to be the one. And that, that was how I kind of uh, sold my pastor on it. You know what? This is the result that we can get. This is why we need it. I use the, the example of Amazon, right? People buy stuff on Amazon when they have the best reviews, things like that. I'm gonna take full control of it, Pastor. You don't have to worry about anything. And once the results happen, you know, and there, there's no risk to it. <laughs> so we need some young people to kind of step up. We need some young people uh, that, that have the vision, that have the passion to step up and be able to, I guess, sell the pastor uh on on those type of ideas yeah it's 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 uh it's hard because you know for one you have to be a young person with creativity you have to be a young person that's technology savvy and i believe there's a lot of them out there yeah but then selling it to your pastor is a little bit tricky i think there's a lot of pastors and if you're listening out there you old pastors <laughs> i suggest you listen to some of these 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 youth that are within your church because they can change the game for you. Yep. You can go from a 200 member church to a 400 member church in no time. Yep. But it is all up to you. Yep. It's all up to you. You want to keep your church old? You want to have all those old members in your church? Yeah, I get it. They have jobs. You know, they contribute. They pay their tithes. 
yeah, some young people, they don't have jobs. They don't pay tithes. But you know what? They're the future. That's the future. And they're technology savvy. And they can take your church game to a whole nother level. And believe me, if Jesus was here, he'd want us to go to a whole nother level. You I know? Mean, yeah, yeah. I think if Jesus came in 2017, I think he would be on the internet <laughs> preaching. He the, would be a YouTuber. He, he would have the most subscribers. Right. He would blow right. some of these YouTubers. Dude, like YouTube would break. <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. his live stream? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and and he would be just just, just thinking about the Bible, you know, th- thinking about the conversation we were having earlier off the air, where you were talking about the the woman that was caught in adultery and how everybody was like just rioting up and like wanted to stone her, and he comes in with like a different idea. That's how he would be on YouTube. Right. He would have these new idea. Well, not really a new idea, but just it would be off the mainstream it'd be revolutionary and it would just it would just break the internet yeah you know and he would be able to put it in a way to captivate people draw the crowds and still guess what not be worldly and uh not cross that line that's that's what he did back in the day wwjd what would jesus do i mean we could just summarize this whole entire uh audio the the podcast whatever you want to talk call it Based upon what Jesus did when he came. Right. When he came in the flesh. Right. Jesus is the ultimate marketer yeah. that ever lived. Right. Think about it. All he did was focus his time 100% on 12 people. Wow. And just by focusing his time on 12 people, yes, he was the friend of other people. But he didn't sit there and have hundreds of people where he spent, was intimate, you know, spent one-on-one time mentoring and things like that. Yeah. Just 12. He and from there, 12. How, how, many, how many people are Christians here today? I mean, there's billions of Christians. There's, well, a lot. Registered, millions. Yeah, yeah. Probably in the, maybe in the one billion, I would believe it. Yeah, yeah. But the last time I looked, but I was only looking for one particular denomination, there's 329 million for this one denomination. Mm-hmm. And I said, whoa, from those 329 million, we can't just have 200,000? You kidding me? Right. So you're right, man. I mean, Jesus, he trained these 12. It was like SEAL Team 6, right? Yeah. <laughs> or what we call it SEAL Team 12. Yeah. Right? Because he trained these 12 guys, which one of them deflected. One of them AWOLed, right? Judas, he just, he couldn't hang. Yeah. It is what it is. You know, that was in his destiny. But he trained these 12 to, hey, but you know what? I don't don't judge Judas. He had the hardest part. He dealt with the money. He was a treasure. You know how hard it is to deal with money, man? Yeah. Hey, so, you know, I don't blame Judas, man. I mean, it is what it is. I can't judge the guy, you know, but I would not want his position. Yeah. Dealing with the money at that time when everybody was poor. He's the one that gets blamed for everything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Poor dude. I mean, who knows if we'll ever see him again. But these these 11 apostles, I mean, like you said, you know, and it's it's crazy that 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 you can equate the the, the 11 to a to a marketing um, to a marketing uh, panel of, of people, because you know what? In a way, that's exactly what it was. He did train 11. They went out. 
they they spread the gospel they spread the good news you know and um one of them went on to live the longest right john the beloved but wow what a what, what a beautiful thing I, I mean i've never seen it that way right mm -hmm. you train this this really well-trained panel of people and then you have them expand and then they'll expand and then they'll expand and jesus is, is funny like i said the most genius marketer in history he told people like to do the opposite of what like he like deep down inside he wanted the message to go out you know that he was there obviously he just didn't want uh him to himself to die too soon right right so he was like well hey all i ask is don't tell anybody right that you saw me don't tell anybody that i'm the christ yeah and so what they do they told everybody that he's well, the Christ. Well, it's just, it's just like a little kid. Don't touch that. What do they do? They touch that. So this is what I'm going to say. Don't put your church on online. <laughs> Don't get your church a website. Don't listen to the advice on here. <laughs> Don't don't have your members uh, give you reviews. Yeah, you know, um, the youth, man. I mean, going back to the youth and just, you know, maybe we could close with, with this. Um what advice do you have for our youth as far as, uh, you know, even marketing themselves, even, you know, spreading the gospel? Because the Bible says that we are all to take the gospel into the world. It's not just the pastor's, um, you know, fault per se. Because everybody, first thing, everybody blame the pastor, right? We want to crucify the pastor all the time too. And I don't think that's fair. I think the people that are around the pastor also need to come with some creativity yep. like you did, like some of the members in your church did at mm -hmm. Upland Lighthouse in Ontario. So um, what is some of the advice that you would give to our youth as far as uh, coming up to the pastor with fresh ideas? I would just say to, you know, package it in a way that's just very simple, um, very simple for the pastor to understand and just letting him know that really there's no risk you know even if you really don't know much about it you're better than what the pastor has now right yeah but yeah and, I, and i'm assuming that you know your church has little to no uh, online presence online marketing things like that yeah. which most churches don't yeah um and the third thing Letting him know that, him or her, know that there's nothing that they have to do. It's 100% hands-free. Listen, Pastor, you don't have to check in on me. Make sure I'm doing my job. I'm going to come with up to you, you know, uh, once a week. I'm going to send you an email. Let you know the different results that we've had. Um, yeah. and, and just by putting it in a way that it's 100% it's hands-free, he doesn't have to worry, he doesn't have to follow up. Pastors are just worried about just having to do more work. One yeah. more thing they have to worry about. <clears throat> right. right. Yeah, I get it. And the, the technicality of it, how much it's going to cost, all that. Right. You know, so. Yeah, that that's good advice, man. Um, Real quick, so you've been in marketing for a while. I mean, that that's basically what you do for your, your career, right? Uh -huh. So what, what, what do you do um, outside of the church? So what I do is uh, I is... If you could boil it down, I guess it would be uh, insurance marketing. Um, I'm an insurance agent, uh, life insurance agent. But when I got my license, I was following this guy 
Uh, actually, I found him from a podcast. Wow. Um, he was the only only one at the time that had a podcast about selling life insurance. Okay. And that kind of blew my mind. I was like, what? Yeah. And now that I've been in it for a while, I've realized that it's one of the oldest industries and there are op- most people in that industry, most companies, carriers, they're operating like a, like a horse and buggy. <laughs> um, Old school. But anyway, so I followed one piece of advice from him the most and it just pretty much changed my life. And what he said was, don't learn how to be a salesman Learn how to be a marketer. He mm. said, if you learn how to market insurance, you could be the worst salesman in the world and you can still make a great living wow. because you'll have a never ending supply of customers wanting to, uh, you know, begging for your services. Yeah. So get your plug in real quick. Where can they reach you at if they do want your services? you know outside of of the church if they want your services as far as life insurance is concerned where can they reach you my website uh my my agency uh it's aioninsurancemarketing.com a-i-o-n insurancemarketing.com um they can find me there uh and from there you know i got my my youtube channel link is on the website uh you know, and all the social media and things like that. I got my, my handles are kind of mixed around right now. So okay. out of simplicity, that's the website um, okay. and everything's found on there. All right. What's your website one more time? It's uh, aioninsurancemarketing.com. Aioninsurancemarketing.com. That's A-I-O-N insurancemarketing.com. That's right. All right, guys. This is the end of Young Gospels Podcast. This was episode... 13 featuring Michael Krusich. He is the marketing director at Upland Lighthouse Church in Ontario. You can get with him at aioninsurancemarketing.com. This is your host, Young Gospel. I love you in Jesus' name. I'm out. Young Gospel. Mm, 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 mm. Young Young gospel. gospel. (laughs) I'm out.